All right, Mark chapter number one. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That verse is so encouraging to me because the word gospel means good news. And in Mark, he says, here's the beginning, but he never said it ever ended. So the good news has begun and it has never ended and never will. I love that. And then we see in the Christmas story, if you'd like to turn over to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we have several characters, of course, in the the Christmas story. There's uh, 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 the Grinch that tried to steal Christmas. That's King Herod. And, of course, uh, he orders the taxes to be paid. And Mary and Joseph... uh, or headed to Bethlehem to pay their taxes. And in Luke chapter number 2, it says in verse number 5, To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Interesting. We won't deal with it later. But we always wrap gifts at Christmas time. God's greatest gift came wrapped. Isn't that something? Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, he didn't start rap music, but uh, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. And it says, uh, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you, here it is, good tidings. That means good news. And the good news, guess what it produces? Of great joy. The good news gives you good joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And I think that's all the scriptures we'll probably read there. Let's pray. Father, bless now the brief time we have. We need you. People have gathered They've come expecting, expectant, and they ought to be, because you never underdeliver. Thank you that you always give us just what we need. So we're hungry. We're here. Please help us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. If you want to be depressed and discouraged, now get ready to write this down, because some of you, that's what you want to be, right? Depressed and discouraged. Watch the news each evening before you go to bed. Make sure you watch it on several channels so you can get the fake news, the real news, in-between news, and all the bad news. Because you're going to hear the polar caps are melting. I almost could not sleep last night because of that. The polar caps are melting. Political insanity. TV stars indicted. School shootings. Overdoses. Gangs. Riots perversions, murders, plane crashes, suicide bombers, wars, starvation, poverty, nuclear arms, protests, debates, division, evil world rulers. All you have to do is watch it all the time and you'll want to jump off a cliff. But if you want some good news, you're going to have to look in this book right here. This book is filled with good news in a bad news day. I love Mark. The good news never ends. 
1 Corinthians 15 defines the word gospel. The word gospel means good news. It's good because it's free and it's news because most people have never heard it clearly. And he says the good news is that Jesus was born, was crucified, was buried and rose again for our sins. It's the death, burial, resurrection for you and me. Mark 16, 15 says, go preach the gospel to every creature. And we have good news to preach to every creature. I love what one preacher said. He said, the father thought it, the Holy Spirit brought it, Jesus bought it, Satan fought it, and bless God, I caught it. I love the good news, the gospel. Good news, good news, Christ died for me. Good news, good news, that I'd be free. Good news, good news, I'm saved eternally. That's wonderful, extra good news. It's good news because it's free. It's eternal. It's expensive. It's inclusive. It's loving. It's gracious. It's personal. It's merciful. It's expensive. It's priceless. It's available and no one can take it away from you. It is good news in this life and it's good news in the life to come. It prepares you for life now and eternity later. It's good news for children and adults, married couples, single parents, singles, elderly, uh, those who are in rest homes. It's good news for those who are in detention centers and addiction programs and jail. It's good news for the military, the employed, the unemployed, the educated, the uneducated, the rich, the poor, the children. It was good news for Joseph and Mary and Elizabeth and the angels and the shepherds and the scribes and the wise men. It is wonderful and great news. Mark 1.14 says Jesus came preaching the gospel or the good news. It's easy to receive. It's as easy as taking a step forward. He just says, come unto me. And uh, it's as easy as receiving a gift. It's as easy as John 4 taking a drink of water. It's as easy as looking where, and uh, Moses says, just look and live. It's as easy as opening a door where Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. The devil will fight the good news. He will pervert it. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul says, who hath uh, brought you a different or another gospel? It means another of a different kind. There's only one gospel. Salvation is free through Jesus Christ. You add works to it. It's not Jesus plus baptism. It's not Jesus plus a good life. It's not Jesus plus money. It's not plus a membership. It's Jesus alone. For by grace are we saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. You say, Pastor, why are you saying this to us today? Because there's so much bad news. If we don't focus on the good news, we're not going to make it through the holiday season. It's the good news we need to shout. It's the good news we need to share and meditate on and read and think about. Preach it to the poor. Preach it to the educated. Preach it. Uh, talk about it. Post it. Read it. Give me some good news. Oft times I'll be walking through the church and someone will say, I need to talk to you. Here's what I'll say. Give me some good news. I hear enough bad news. I'd like to hear some good news. Jesus told it to Zacchaeus in a tree. Jesus told it to the fisherman on the seashore. 
Jesus told the good news to Nicodemus by a campfire. Jesus told it to a woman at a well and a maniac at a cemetery. Jesus was constantly giving the good news. Philippians 1.12 says, These things have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. I may not know everything about your trial or the sorrow that you're going through right now, but if you're a child of God, I can say this with confidence. God is trying to take your trial and get the gospel out to further the gospel. What you're going through, he's trying to give you a microphone so unsaved people will listen. Why? Because they need to hear the good news. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 1.15. It's good news for the elderly. Years ago, we had a World War II pilot. His name was Ken Wendell, visited our church. And uh, he was a highly decorated, highly decorated uh, pilot. Fought in World War II. France named a plane after him. I saw the picture of it. Now, I remember I was witnessing to Ken and his wife was saved. She was a country girl from Arkansas. And uh, I went through the gospel. I said, well, here it is, Ken. We're sinners. Yep. You can't earn your way to heaven. Yep. Jesus died for you. Rose again. Have you ever done that? No, sir. I've never done that. I said, so, Ken, where would you go? And he said, <clears throat> I said, so, Ken, where would you go if you died unsaved? And he said, hmm. And I said, so Ken, okay, you're a sinner, can't save yourself, Jesus died for you, rose again, you've never accepted him yet, you've never let him be your savior yet, uh, you've never heard this before, so where would you go if you died right now? And he said, hmm. And his wife said, you'd go to hell, Ken, tell him you'd go to hell. He looked at his wife and he said, I'd go to hell. <laughs> and he accepted Christ, got saved, he got baptized up here. Different water. We've changed the water since then. It was years ago. But Ken got baptized. He's the only guy. When he came up out of that water, he began giggling and laughing, and he just couldn't stop. He was so happy. Hey, it's good news if you're a veteran. It's good news if you're elderly. It's good news because Christ loves you and he's got a plan for you and he's got a home for you and he's building a mansion for you and this isn't all that there is. There's more to life than this planet right here. It's good news. I was in Louisiana years ago and we had all these Cajun kids that would come to our church and they had the hardest names. Look, parents, if you have kids, give them, a, give them an easy name. We had, we had two kids rode the bus one time. They were brothers. Get this. Orangelo and Lamangelo. Brothers. You know, they had to rhyme. We wrote down the names. Orange Jello and Lemon Jello. I told that story. One guy said, so what? Aquanet rides my bus. <laughs> we used to have a kid rode the bus from Sonoma. Keychain. It's it just, look. But this kid... He came to our youth group. He was a teenager. His name was Jesus Melanson. Not Jesus. Jesus. And I said, wow, where'd you get that name? Well, my mother wanted to name me after a hero. I said, well, you don't get any higher than that. And it was so awkward. I was showing Jesus Melanson how to accept Christ. I was telling him the good news. I said, so Jesus, have you sinned? Yes, I have. It almost felt like sacrilege or something. So Jesus, if you died, where would you go? I'd go to hell. You sure would, Jesus. You're going to hell. It, it's, man, it's just... 
So if some of you are wondering, are you going to see Jesus in heaven? Yes, Jesus, Melanson, he accepted Christ. He'll be there too. So there's two Jesuses there. Oh, okay, anyway, but one human, one divine. Okay. Years ago, I was in Vallejo and I was sharing the good news. And used to, I would walk into every gate. If I saw a gate, I'd just open the gate, you know, because, you know, we have to give them the gospel. But now I'm older. I look at the gates. I look for dogs. I look for chains around the corner. I look for water dishes that are about this big. I look for human remains in the yard. I saw this great, big, tall man. I don't think I'm exaggerating. I would say 6'8". Tall man, big guy. Looked like he was a lineman for some NFL team. And then I see this great big old pit bull chained in the yard. I said, sir, it's the pastor from the church. He said, come on in. I said, no, I don't think so. He said, come on in. Come on in. I said, what's your name? He said, Percy. You don't meet a lot of men named Percy. I wasn't going to mess with that name. Wasn't going to kid him. No, yes, sir. It's a great name. I love it. His dog started barking. He looked at the dog. And he said, shut up, Percy. <laughs> Percy had named his dog after him. He said, come over here. It's okay. I said, are you sure? Man, I've been bit three times. I don't want to get bit. And he said, come on over. And when I witnessed to him, I had to hold the Bible way up here. I mean, way up here like that. He, he still had to bend over and see it. Went through the gospel. I said, Percy, have you ever done that? He said, I've never done that. I said, where would you go? He said, I'd have to go to hell. I said, you believe Jesus would save you if you asked him? He said, yes, I do. He said, so how do I get him in? I've never had anybody ask it that way. I said, you're just asking. And I was about to show him the last verse. And he said, okay. Come in! <laughs> I'm looking like, what in the world? You know, I'm sure the angels looked over the portals of heaven and said, we've never seen this one yet. He just yelled, come in. I said, well, that'll do it. That'll do it. I was the new pastor here, hadn't been here that long. And I still remember the apartments off of 1st Street. I was running up the stairs and knocking on doors, inviting people. They weren't home, just leaving a track. And so I started to head up these, these stairs. I was by myself. And I saw the curtain pulled for the second, second stair or, or the second floor. Someone had kind of pulled the curtain. They were inside and had pulled the curtain. And they were watching me come up the stairs. It was a woman. And so I stopped halfway up the stairs. And there she was just kind of staring. I said, I'm the pastor from the church just giving out invitations for church. She didn't even move. She just glared at me. I got louder. I'm the pastor from the church. I'm inviting people to church. She didn't even move. Just, just this glare. I said, I'm the... And then I looked closer. It was a mannequin. <laughs> so I was inviting a mannequin to church. Same day, I knock on another door. As soon as I knock on the door, I hear, Who is it? Come in. The pastor from the church. Who is it? Come in. The pastor from the church. Who is it? And I look and I see in the shadow, it's a talking parrot. I'm inviting a parrot to church. I'm inviting a mannequin to church. Hey, it's good news for parrots. It's good news for mannequins. It's good news. It's good news. I had a uh, suitcase with me. I'd 
flown somewhere to speak. And I always bring books that you know, have the gospel and, and uh, truth in them. And so I didn't sell everything. And I had these two suitcases. And so I'm heading back to my car in the Sacramento airport. So I'm dragging these two suitcases. And I'm coming through the, the parking lot. And I noticed something moving by my car. And I looked real close. And must have been a baby. It was about this long. And it had a rattle in its tail. And I thought, well, I'll just get in on the other side of the door. Then I thought, no, there may be some little old lady come to her car and the thing's going to bite her. And, and then I looked up and all I could think, Brother Hale, was, Lord, I don't have my sling. Lord, I don't have my staff. And it sounded like he said, what is in thine hand? And I said, two suitcases. <laughs> And I thought, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. So I got close to that snake and I rolled that first suitcase over him. I rolled it over him. He came up and tried to strike. Took the other one, rolled it over him. He tried to get away. I got closer. I rolled it over him. Hit his head. Now he's slithering and rolling. I hit his head again. Then I went into lawnmower mode and I just started doing this to kind of over that snake. And I got to thinking, where is my wife to see me now? I have killed a rattlesnake with my own two suitcases. As I finished gloating and glorying, I looked up. There was a small crowd of people that had gathered. They had been watching me. But because of the automobiles in the parking lot, they never saw the snake. They just saw this gray-haired man just having a good time with some suitcases and beating on his chest. Hey, it's good news for the suitcase. It's good news. It's good news when you're born. It's good news when you're lonely. It's good news when you're rejected. It's good news when you graduate, when you're married, when you have a career, when you're brokenhearted, when you're depressed, when you're discouraged. It's the last sense is the hearing to go. Is it God good? When someone's passing away, the last thing to ever leave is the hearing so someone can even hear the good news on their deathbed at a car wreck while in a coma. Someone can still give them the good news and God can still save them and encourage them. It's not limited to geography, financial status, race, family background, political views, upbringing, education, and thank God, height. Where were you when you heard it? Were you at work? Were you in a Sunday school class? Were you at your door? Were you in the pastor's office? Were you out in the front yard? Where were you? There has to be a place. The good news is the Old Testament theme, he's coming. The good news is the New Testament theme, he's here. The good news is the book of Revelation theme, he's coming back one day. It's the two witnesses in Revelation after the trumpet sounds and all the Christians leave and go to heaven. Once we're up there, it'll be two witnesses in Jerusalem, probably at the Wailing Wall, will be preaching. Guess what they're preaching? The everlasting gospel. The good news. He'll still save you. He still loves you. It's not too late. It's the good news. It's the good news. When we're going through hard times, it's the good news at the cemetery. It's the good news in the hospital. It's the good news in ICU. It's the good news 
when you're having to have a meeting with the doctor, though it's bad news going on, there's still some good news that's overriding. It's not going to last forever. It's going to end right. Paul and Silas were in prison for preaching the gospel. Their backs are beaten. They are bleeding. They're probably hearing uh, the jailer uh, sharpen up his uh, cut off the head axe for the next morning. And guess what Paul and Silas do? They praise God. They sing and they pray at midnight. How come? They had some good news in their heart and it came out. And the jailer comes after the earthquake and says, what must I do to be saved? I want what you have. You've got some good news. I could use some good news. And his whole family got saved. It was good news at the manger. It was good news at the cross. It was the good news at the empty tomb. Sing it. Share it. Write it. Distribute it. Preach it, text it, email it, post it. I was telling someone the other day, many years ago, the people that lived in caves, you know, we think they were like Neanderthal, half man, half animal. I don't believe that. But anyway, they were, we find their drawings on the caves, these little simple drawings of animals and faces. And then we traveled all the way through Harvard and all these Ivy schools and doctorate degrees. Now we've done full circle. Now we're back to emojis on our phones. <laughs> now we're back to the little weird drawings. Yes. Emoji it. It's the only thing you can give to someone that lasts forever. I was out of McDonald's years ago. In fact, uh, someone told me a while back, they said, I'm a chef here in Napa. I said, I used to be a chef. They said, where? I said, McDonald's. I knew Ronald when he just got born. I knew the Big Mac when it was a little Mac. I remember those days. I was at a McDonald's years ago with the crazy evangelist Carl Hatch. No one wanted to take Carl Hatch out to eat because he would embarrass them. And here we are. We're walking in. I'm almost sure it was a Burger King because they have that microphone. You know, you have to order. I need uh, one big, uh, uh, one whopper, no pickles, uh, extra salt on the fries. You know, they had that microphone. Well, he came up, and uh, we're talking a little bit, and he says, uh, he says, uh, "Have you heard the good news?" He said, "What do you mean?" He said, "The greatest news. What are you talking about? I've never heard that. Uh, has all your workers heard it? No." Has everybody in this restaurant heard it? He grabs a microphone. Well, I got some good news for you right here. Uh, Jesus got born and he died on the cross. And he's preaching on the microphone. Now, I don't suggest that to you because I don't know you if you do that. And that's what Carl Hatch did. Unashamed of the good news. It was John Rice in his older days, in his 80s. He was starting to get a lot of Alzheimer's and dementia. He stood up and he said, when I was 10 years of age, I gave my heart to Christ and he saved me and he's never let me down. And he started preaching. He came back. When I was 10 years of age, I got saved and Jesus came in my heart. He repeated the illustration about four times. Someone just helped Dr. Rice off the platform. He wasn't going to be able to finish the sermon. Hey, I want to say this. It's a good place to get stuck. If you're going to get, it, uh, get stuck, that's where you want to get stuck right there. You say, Pastor, why are you saying this to us? Man, we got things we're dealing with. If you'll get your focus on the good news, yes. you'll make it through the bad news Amen. you're facing right now. 
Christmas does not have to be a sad time where you're weeping and wailing and it's just sad memories and everyone you think has it great, but you, you can get through this time if you'll focus on the good news. The good news. I love that song. Melanie will help me with this. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. What's the next word? Anyway, it's a great song. It would have been a good illustration in there somewhere. I'll finish with this. Closing the Bible does not mean anything, okay? But I'm just putting it here, okay? So years ago, Brother Steve, where are you? Oh, he's probably teaching. Her. Okay, way back here. So when I first got here, Brother Steve was one of uh, him and Aunt Judy and uh, others were here and many have passed away. Some have moved out of state. But I remember I would, I would preach and Brother Steve was our, quote, amen man. Every church ought to have an amen guy. And in the early days, I'd say, open your Bible and I'd hear, Amen. Is it too hot in here? Amen. You know, sometimes it'd be at the wrong time. But, but every time I preached, Brother Steve would amen. Such and such is a sin. Amen. And it just helped the atmosphere. I mean, he, I mean, he added fire. But I remembered as I preached on heaven, at that time, Brother Steve never amen. And when I preached on hell, he was silent. And I just thought that was real odd. I mean, he, he, he amened everything out of the Bible but those two subjects. I remember catching him after a service. I said, Brother Steve, you okay? He said, what do you mean? I said, it's just real evident to me. There's, there's some big disconnect. When I preach on heaven and I mention heaven or hell, you never amen. He said, well, pastor, here's the story. He said, before you got here years ago, None of our family was saved. We were nominal in a certain religion. None of us had ever heard the good news. He said, I was an adult. My parents were at a red light. A drunk driver hit the car. Sent my dad through the windshield. Killed him instantly. Scarred my mom up. Great big old scars. She was in the hospital for several weeks. She missed dad's funeral. He said... A year or two later, my brother got saved. And his friend led me to Christ. He said, we never heard the gospel. We never heard the good news till then. No one in our family was saved. He said, when I started coming to church and you preached on heaven, all I could think of was, well, my dad's not there. I'll never see him again. That every time you preached on hell, all I could see was my dad and the flames of fire. He said, I couldn't amen or be happy. My heart just sunk. His brother Steve at that time was preaching to all the kids. and We were having kids accept Jesus. And kids were hearing the good news. And uh, people were riding his butt. Uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people had come to church through the years because of brother Steve. And they were all going to heaven, but his dad wasn't. So what did he do? He just kept being faithful, staying in church, doing what he's supposed to do. Amen. One day someone came to the house and said, 
we have uh, some of your uh, dad's stuff. He used to work at Kaiser Steel or Sire Industry, one of these. We can't just throw the stuff away. He's, he's got a pair of boots and a file, and he was a welder. And so okay if we just bring the box to your house, and they did. Months and months passed. Brother Steve was cleaning out his garage and saw the box and saw the, the boots slightly burned at the ends and all the scratches on the, the face mask and the shield and some files. And he was just cleaning out the box. Then he saw at the very bottom of the box a little book about this big. It was a New Testament Bible. He opened it up and here's what it said. Presented to Manny Guzman at work on the day you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Every man's different. He didn't come home, announce it to the family. I don't know if that happened the day he got killed or a few weeks before. No one knows. But all I know is this. Sure was good news for him. And it sure was good news that the Guzman family found out daddy's going to be up there too. Waiting on them. You got to tell it to everybody. Everybody deserves to hear the good news. Every student, every neighbor, every cousin, every relative, every brother, every sister, every mom, every dad, every friend. Real friends don't let real friends die and go to hell without hearing the good news. What a time to give the good news. Have you heard what the good news? What is it? Be glad to tell you. The good news. It'll change your mindset. It'll put a smile on your face this Christmas season. It'll change your home if you'll just meditate on the good news. So the question Have you ever received it? Has there been a time you heard the good news and then applied it? Jesus didn't die just for the whole world. He died for you. That death on the cross will not help you at all unless you accept him personally. You don't have to do like Percy. Come in. You can do it more official. But you can do it today. At the end of the service, we'll have the piano play. We'll have the organ play. We'll have workers here with Bibles. If you're in the pew today and you're not 100% sure you're going to heaven if you die, today's the day. It's Christmas month. If not now, when? You're amongst friends. The church is decorated. You've got a cross to look at. His blood is ready to cleanse your sins today. And he'll do it. It's a free gift. All you have to do is take it. Forget the religion you were raised. Forget all the stuff people told you. We're talking about what the Bible says. And you'll never regret it. If you're here today and you've not been telling anybody the good news. If you just took it yourself and have never shared it. It's time to get it out. These are the last days. We don't know how many more Christmases we have here on this earth. But someone needs to hear it. They'll listen to you. They will. If you're here today, you've accepted Christ. You've never been baptized yet. And you'd like to be baptized today. It won't make you a member, but it will make you obedient. And you could do that today. I hope you'll come. We'll explain it to you.